Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us today on the show. My name is JJ Jackson, proud to be your host of Locked On Blue Devils, a daily podcast talking about everything going on in the life of Duke athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Here on today's show, we've got a lot to discuss. We're going to be diving in to this Duke basketball team as the season nears. We saw Countdown to Craziness last week. We'll see an exhibition uh, next week over the weekend. Duke's got that secret scrimmage against Houston. So, a lot to discuss here on the program today. If you haven't done so already, Please subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. And also, if you would like to watch the show daily, you're able to do that by watching us over on YouTube. Subscribe there as well. We're marching towards 1,000 subscribers. That's our next big goal here at Lockdown Blue Devils, and your support means the absolute world in helping us do that. All right, without further ado, I'd love to bring in my good friend, my buddy. It's Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated, and he's back with us here once again on the program today to talk everything going on in the life of Duke. Connor, how are you, buddy? Doing well. Um, got, got my dog, Bo, here. I think he's your biggest fan, JJ. <laughs> talk to you. He wants to come up and see what we got going on. Which is what I love. I love anytime we get new fans, especially uh, if they're canines. A big dog guy myself. So anytime Bo wants to stop by and uh, watch or listen to the podcast, that's certainly welcome. So uh, here we are. We found ourselves in a bye week for Duke football. And also uh, we've got Duke basketball really ramping up as we were just discussing a moment ago before we started recording, Connor. I mean, this is the time of year where things really get fun for college athletic fans. Uh, it's a little bit more work for you and I, but nonetheless, <laughs> I would much rather have all these results to talk about than all the summertime spent with speculation. Yeah, it's uh, that's a good point. It's it's always good, like in this time of year, to remind yourself, well, this is better than like May and June <laughs> and July when you're basically just dealing with, oh, I think our football team is going to go undefeated because we have <laughs> X, Y, and Z, and nobody else in the country has anything going for them, so. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the excitement. Uh, I, I like that you call it a secret scrimmage. It's like everybody knows about this scrimmage against Houston, Duke flying out. Uh, I imagine they're leaving Friday to get there for a Saturday scrimmage. So, you know, info will start trickling out about that on Saturday, and, and we'll know a lot more about Duke than we will off of, a, off of Countdown to Craziness. We'll probably know more about him uh, off the scrimmage than we will – off the exhibition against Fayetteville state, but we actually got to see Duke. Like we we got to see this stuff in person. Yeah. Let's get the countdown in just a second. I want to talk about this uh, secret scrimmage, so to speak against (laughs) Houston and everybody just calls it secret, right? Like that's been the the case over the last few seasons. Last year before the season started, Duke was paired with Villanova. We know that both of those squads ended up going to the final four. Both Duke and Houston are featured prominently in the AP top 10 for this upcoming basketball season. They've got Final Four aspirations with both of those programs. But it's so funny to me because 
you know, we've heard these, this secret scrimmage phrase thrown around, and yet there are great college basketball reporters out there that are well aware of every matchup that's taking place. And then once these scrimmages happen, it feels like I'm seeing the grainiest pictures uploaded <laughs> on social media to not to give you sort of a box score of things, but doesn't want to give away all the juice of what to expect from these scrimmages. Uh, and, and then on top of that, they're not real scrimmages because you're seeing a couple scenarios like, okay, this team's up by five with three minutes to play. Now we're going to reverse roles and you get to be up five with three minutes to play. I mean, it's just, it's just a good way for all these guys uh, to get extra reps, to see yourself against an opponent uh, before the year really gets going, a prominent opponent in that. But uh, yeah, this has gotten a little silly what's become norm in college basketball over the last few years. Yeah, like with, with the other half of my job covering Wake Forest, um, they had a I've, – I've taken to calling them closed-door scrimmages and not closed even door. secret because okay. there's no secret about it at <laughs> right. all. Uh, it's just they lock out the fans and the media and anybody that could actually watch it other than team personnel. Um, but Wake had one against Ohio State in a neutral ground in West Virginia over the weekend. and I think it was – maybe not even two o'clock Sunday, the day that they played it, that I had the information on it. Um, <laughs> it just, it, it works that quickly. It, it's that kind of, it's, it's just really over the last couple of years, it's become kind of understood that a lot of teams, uh, you basically have an option. You, you can do two exhibitions. You can do one exhibition, one closed door, or you can do two closed doors. And I'm finding that most teams like to have the one exhibition so they can get their guys in front of their home crowd. They can get some excitement drummed up that way uh, and then do one closed door where you don't have to, you know, play a division two team. You can actually play somebody with the same kind of caliber uh, athletes of you and, and see how you measure up. So yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, of of note for Duke that Ohio State wake scrimmage like I put something on my Duke board about it and said like hey guys I'm I'm not posting in the wrong board here I think this is of note because Duke plays Wake on uh, December 20th is their first game at Wake and then Duke plays Ohio State at the end of November in the ACC Big Ten Challenge so it's notable for for Duke to know that uh, Wake beat Ohio State I think it was 80 to 67 is the score that's trickled out. Um, and Wake, uh, it, it was not that close for most of the scrimmage. So, yeah, you, that, yeah. you'll get information like that. Um, you know, I, one of one of the sides of that Wake-Ohio State matchup was very paranoid about the box score getting out, so I don't think anybody has actually gotten box score information from there. Um, we'll, we'll see what comes of, of the Duke-Houston uh, scrimmage and, and – you know, how willing the participants are going to be to share the information. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I sincerely have seen uh, the worst quality box scores sometimes <laughs> posted on social media where it feels as though some schools do not, like you're saying, don't give away this box score, but here it is, but it's going to be the worst quality picture that you have no idea what you're actually looking at. So, uh, yeah, no. So with Duke, they've got Houston. And again, that's going to be a really good team. They return a lot. It was a team that went really deep in the Final Four or in the NCAA tournament, I should say, a season ago. And, and to have that sort of measuring stick before you jump into actual competition 
is notable. I thought one point that John Shire made after Countdown to Craziness was the fact that 11 of those guys had never really participated in Cameron before. And so Duke will get that opportunity with the real exhibition game next Wednesday when they take on Fayetteville State. So notable how all of these things are coming together for Duke basketball before the start of the year. Connor, I want to hear more about that and Countdown to Craziness from you, and we'll do that here in just a moment on Locked on Blue Devils. Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock. What an awesome product this is. A Sweatblock was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. We've got a customer review from Pamela. Pamela would hide in the office bathroom every 30 minutes to dry off her armpits so no one would see the wet circles under her arms. She finally has her life back because of Sweatblock. Sweatblock gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. The sweat block wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. We want to welcome you back here inside Locked On Blue Devils. I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Connor O'Neill. From the Devils Illustrated, duke.rivals.com, a one-way, a one-stop shop for all things uh, Duke athletics. And Connor, as we take a look at uh, the Duke basketball program, we saw countdown to craziness this past Friday, and then we mentioned another chance for the guys to play inside Cameron Indoor next week against Fayetteville State. Tell me what you took away from uh, the festivities of countdown. You know, it's it's this weird balancing act of you don't want to draw these overarching conclusions about Duke based on a 16 minute glimpse of a scrimmage. Uh, It's really hard to judge Duke right now without Derek Whitehead or Derek Lively. Um, You know, Derek was a little bit of a surprise when they announced the rosters a couple hours before the scrimmage. And it was like, Oh, so not only is one star freshman out, the second one uh, is out also. Um. That said, like first impressions, uh, you really can see that Jeremy Roach has, has carried over his success in the last month of last season to this season. Like I thought he did everything that he wanted to do and that Duke needed him to do. Uh, he was three of three shooting threes, and I think the rest of the team was something like three for 14 or three for 16. And one of those was a bank three by Kale Catchings that it counts, yeah. but, but it doesn't really count. Um I I was really impressed. Uh, I might not be as impressed as everybody else is with Christian Reeves. Uh, I had a chance to go up. I only live like an hour and a half, two hours from Oak Hill. So I went up and saw him and Caleb Foster last season. And that was late in the season. And the Oak Hill people like Steve Smith, the, the coach who coached up there for forever uh, and was retiring, he told me he was the most improved player on the roster. And that's a roster with, uh, Syracuse freshman, uh, obviously Caleb Foster's a Duke commit. Um, Kentucky five-star freshman Chris Livingston is on that roster last year. Christian Reeves it has been on a rocket ship of growth really since like getting to Oak Hill because he missed that summer between his junior and senior seasons with a, I think it was a stress fracture in his uh, in one of his foot in one of his legs. 
So it really limited him. And once he got to Oak Hill, he's just he's been on the upward trend, and it's just continued like that. Um, Roach said something about when he first when Christian first got to Duke in the summer, he was really on him. Like he made it sound like he was really kind of up in his up in his right. face to to kind of get going, but he's really improved. Like he was he was ready for the moment. And uh, what's not to love about a seven one guy that can block a shot and go run the floor and and get a rim run alley oop dunk? Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I'm glad you mentioned that part because he has been on an upward trend throughout his high school career, and now with Duke, and there's been rumors out there or word about possibly redshirting this season, and now is that going to be up in the air because of this one countdown to craziness uh, performance that he had? But not only is it an upward trend in his play, it's an upward trend in the man's body, his size. Like you said, seven foot one, like that's pretty good. And that's something that I would imagine you've got to learn to work with as you grow throughout your life and step back on the basketball floor. And boy, did he four for four from the floor, three for three from the free throw line, 11 points, five rebounds and three block shots. I mean, it was really cool to see Christian Reeves come into his own at countdown. Yeah, John Shire said after the after countdown that everything is on the table with Christian. And I think part of that is they want to see if it's repeatable. They want to see was that, you know, maybe that was just his one good day in a week. Right. Um, nobody has said that, but like that that could have been what we saw. Um I think also the the a degree of unknown is if Derek Lively, Derek Lively has a strained right calf, is he was available in the open locker room, which was great. Uh, he told us it was no big deal. But if if that doesn't heal properly, then all of a sudden you're going into the season with your only big man is basically Ryan Young, and then can Kyle Filipowski play the five when you need him to? Right. If you have Christian Reeves, are you are you really gonna are you really gonna handcuff yourself and not play him if he can help you win games? Now is basically the the thought process there that John Shire has. It's a you know, it's a good problem to have. Um, there needs to be an evaluation basically also of is Christian Reeves going to be here for four years anyway, or is he going to be here for two or three years? And would we only be hand, like I said, handcuffing ourselves if we don't play him this year and cost ourselves games, like cost ourselves wins by not giving ourselves every advantage possible with this guy that's on our roster and has been practicing with us. So yeah, it's such an interesting like juggling act. Like, and then you talk to, I talked to Christian after the game and the first words out of my mouth were, are you, are you sure you're red shirting still? Like, (laughs) is that still going to be the plan? And he immediately said, yeah, that's still the plan. Uh, Derek is going to come back and give us some huge minutes at the five. We will see. We will see. Cause Duke fans, I would remind you of uh, red shirt plans in Durham they can always change on the fly. <laughs> a few seasons ago with Joey Baker uh, getting that pulled from him late in the year when he stepped out on the floor uh, and was able to contribute. I know we've got the four games rule in college football that gets way more of a conversation than basketball redshirting ever does. So that is going to be something that's really interesting to follow uh, as the season nears, as we jump into it and that sort of thing. Connor O'Neill is here with us on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. He is a publisher at Devils Illustrated. Make sure you check out their work. Again, devilsillustrated.com, duke.rivals.com. Make sure you go check out all their amazing work. So talking specifically about this Duke team, 
after countdown, or excuse me, right before countdown happens, we've also got the ACC tip-off event that takes place in Charlotte, North Carolina, an opportunity for the media to gather. We turn in ballots. We figure out what we expect the pecking order to be in the league. And then I mentioned with the Houston um, closed-door scrimmage, I'll start using your line of uh, terminology (laughs) there, Connor, uh, that Duke is number seven in the AP poll. Houston is number three. So we've now got this level of a, a sort of a barometer of where we expect Duke to be going into the year. Tell me a little bit, and if the listeners aren't aware, catch them up to speed on the consensus of what people expect out of the Stoop team going into the season after all these votes have been turned in. Yeah, I think it's it's really easy to look at the top of the ACC and say there are three teams that are kind of heading, not, not head and shoulders, but at least the head above the rest of the pack in the ACC, and that's Carolina, Duke, and Virginia. And I think it's fair to think of Duke as the number three in that in that pecking order just because of how many new faces they have to meld together, um, especially comparing to the other two. I mean, Carolina, we know how much they brought back from the team that almost won the national championship. And Virginia re- brings back more. Virginia returns their top six scorers from last year, I think. They add a couple really talented pieces. Uh, one of them is a transfer from Ohio named Ben Vanderplass, who you're going to get to hear often about in the <laughs> ACC. Um, it's just it's it's kind of the same old story at the top with those three, where you're just trying to figure out how well does Duke's young core fit against a veteran team. And in this case, it's two veteran teams. I had Duke pick third. I think Virginia, I I was really close to picking Virginia to win the league. Um, I'm a little curious how Duke actually is ahead of Virginia in the poll when Virginia got six first place votes out of, I think it was 101. And uh, Duke got two first place votes. And yet Duke was second, Virginia third. So that's kind of nitpicking. And I also think like, this is not going to be a season where we're we're in January and people like Jeff Goodman are saying it's a one bid league and the, everybody's kicking the ACC uh, like the redheaded stepchild. I I've got to think that Miami will get a lot more respect than they got last year. Like that was a really good team that just everybody was convinced they were terrible because of a couple of early season losses. Um, Florida State, I imagine is going to have a little better injury luck than last season when they got things rolling and then all of a sudden, like, they beat Duke and then the wheels fell off because they lost, like, half of their rotation. Anybody else losing half their rotation, they'd be playing walk-ons. With Florida State, they still have, like, six or seven in their rotation that could play for everybody, but they just couldn't play the way that Leonard wanted to play. So, yeah, I I see it as uh, those top three and then the Florida schools – Virginia Tech is really good. Notre Dame's really good. Um, I think I think Duke will ha- kind of have its work cut out for it. I think it's still, you know, I would say the floor is probably like a top, uh, a fifth or sixth place finish for Duke in the ACC. But um, it's again, it, it it's eleven newcomers. Like that's a lot of new pieces to work in and uh, kind of jigsaw puzzle your way into roles and and kind of role definition uh, early in the season. We'll see how it all plays out. Again, we're getting closer to the start of the Stuke basketball season. 
Uh, we'll have the first real game of the season on Monday, November 7th, when Duke takes on Jacksonville. Let's start to wrap up our conversation today here of Lockdown Blue Devils in just a moment. Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online, your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchup news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, as we get set to wind down, I'm JJ Jackson alongside Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated. And Connor, as we take a look at what's to come for Duke, I mentioned the fact that they've got uh, a couple of exhibition games, or the exhibition game against Fayetteville State. They've got the first game of the year against Jacksonville on the basketball side of things. But football also enters a bye week with the 5-3 and three record. They're coming off their largest victory over Miami in program history and four games left, one win shy now of bolt eligibility. I mean, it's uh, pretty good vibes right now, I would imagine, for that Duke football squad. It's awesome. Um <laughs> I'm actually I'm I'm kicking myself for for having to miss the player availability today. Uh, I really wanted to get over there and just my my morning schedule and then my early afternoon schedule made it impossible. But yeah, that was a win like that. It I was asked uh, last week going into the week uh, if that was a must win game for Duke, and I said not for bowl eligibility. Like I, I think they're a better team than BC and Virginia Tech. Their next two games. But in terms of if you want to keep alive your outside chances of winning the Coastal, that's still in play now. And I don't think that would have been in play if you fall to one and three in the ACC. But you're two and two. Uh, You have, like I said, two winnable ACC games coming up. And Duke needs UNC to lose three times uh, in the ACC to have a chance to win it. Carolina has a lot of tough ACC games left. Like they still have to play Pitt. They still have to play Wake. They still have to play NC State. So it's it's a really it's it was an impressive win when they had to have an impressive game. Uh, that was the most that was my biggest takeaway. It was just your backs up against the wall. You've lost back to back three point lo- games. Um, you know you're you're banged up. I, I the the stat that kind of jumped out to me or like the little tidbit was there are two teams in the ACC that went eight straight games without an off week. And it was Duke and Clemson. You've got a little bit different depth situations when you're looking at those two and you got a little different program situations when you're looking at Mike Elko in his first year trying to build something. And Dabo has a program that's won two national championships and been to a couple (laughs) others. Uh, It's just, I, I had a feeling I, I kind of wasn't going to be surprised no matter what the result was at Miami, but there was part of me that was leaning toward, man, they they might just be limping home to the finish here. They might just want to get to the off week and then reevaluate things for November. And they come out, they, they turn over Miami eight times. They convert short fields into touchdowns, which, you know, they're if 
if they're just settling for field goals, that's a completely different game. Very different, in the yeah. First half. Uh, it's easy to say that when a when you win by twenty four, that yeah, those conversions into touchdowns didn't matter. But both both Riley Leonard touchdown runs in the first half were on third and goal, and from the five and the nine. I mean, that's just gutty, gutty football. And it was it was exactly what Duke needed in those situations. Big win for the squad, five and three on the year, two and two in the ACC. We will see what happens when they come back a Friday night game next week against Boston College. Connor, as always, I really do appreciate you taking time to join us on the podcast here. Do me a favor. If people aren't aware of Devils Illustrated or how to become a member to subscribe, what's the best way to do that? And give a little plug for your content, please, sir. Uh, duke.rivals.com is the website. I think if you type in devilsillustrated.com, it will, it will deliver you to this one also. Awesome. Uh, if you go on there, there's always going to be, uh, seven stories popping out at you. If you click on one that has that R next to my name on the, on the author tag, that'll be a subscriber only story. And if you're not already a subscriber, uh, it'll it'll give you a, a chance to subscribe and subscribe, and I would really appreciate the, the support there. Make sure you do it. Help out Connor. He's always great with his time. So, buddy, thank you once again for joining me on the podcast. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks, JJ. I really appreciate it. That's my pal Connor O'Neill joining us here today on Lockdown Blue Devils, and that wraps up another great day, another great conversation. He made me more excited about this basketball season. I can't wait to see what they're going to be able to do once the season gets off and rolling. Again, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On Blue Devils. Also subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Tons of awesome stuff coming here your way at Locked On Blue Devils. That's going to do it for another episode of Locked On Blue Devils. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.